Welcome to the Melomancy Podcast, where we talk about my love life. I'm Rick. I'm Dylan. And I'm Victim. Welcome back, everyone. Now, last episode, we had an interesting section where we talked about a friend of ours, and we bleeped out a lot of names, and we talked about some drama. And, well, that's Rick here. So I bleeped his name out for nothing. Now, that's not his real name, but don't worry. Rick, we've brought you here today. Uh, well, actually, you, you asked... Give us an update on that crazy story from last time, and uh, maybe you can correct me on some of the parts where I was wrong. So why don't you just take it from the top then? So, simply put, I broke up with my girlfriend. The long story involves a whole bunch of days, but I saw her on Sunday. That was when I did the deed with Dylan in the car. So uh, I walked in to her apartment, and I saw another man's clothes on the floor. And I came to what most people would argue is a logical conclusion, that uh, I need to not be dating her anymore. So therefore, I am not. It was a good call, I I think. I mean, yeah. No, I'm not going to say that it was a bad choice. And uh, yeah, this is why I'm giving a bit of an update, because things have changed since then. You know, she actually took a freaking hiatus out to Denver of all places and just drop of the hat bam she was out it's like bam going to Denver that's like many states away that's not close at all you know uh, also you know there, there's reasons for that um, besides her just losing her mind or whatever it was uh, a suggestion from a hotline psychologist which probably was a good suggestion because it took her away from the situation, helped uh, ruin any ideas of let's make dumb decisions and such. Anyways, really getting to the update section. So she got back and she was blocked from me. So uh, she had somebody else contact me, her mom, and asked if uh, I wanted my something back. Yeah, I do. I want my stuff back. So uh, I met with her. We talked. We talked for a few hours, you know, really nailed down, you know, why and, you know, what to do next. Because, funny enough, it turned into a really amicable breakup. Um, It was not amicable when uh, I first did it, as Dylan will readily attest to. It was quite the shit show. It got settled. You know, we were on the same page, and really, you know, it was... It was going to happen one way or the other in the grand scheme of things. You know, we were going to try, but you know, I'm not going to throw her under the bus. Um, that's one thing I promised her I wouldn't do, is I'm not going to drag her through the mud or anything like that. It's, you know, things happen, and, you know, honestly, we punish ourselves for our bad decisions way more than anybody else does, usually. So she will suffer, just not by your hand. <laughs> no, that's really spiteful. I shouldn't say that, but... And I'm not going to make you retell that whole story again because you, your audio is kind of messed up right now, but I don't know why. But you know what? You're the guest. That's all right. My audio's messed up? Uh, it sounds like a car's driving by. <laughs> really? Like a fan, maybe? But anyway, so when I told the story, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, oh my god. She, didn't, she could have shot us. <laughs> I didn't actually feel like I was in any danger. It was just kind of a funny transition to the last episode. Uh, and by the way, dear listeners, uh, if you want my retelling of this event, which is uh, much more dragged out and involves like a little it's like side story about a dog, there's um, the previous episode. It happens. Uh, it's like the second story we talk about in that episode. But anyway, 
I mean, that's cool that you were able to, like, I guess, make peace with her. I'm happy that you did not take her back. That is a, a very common pitfall that way too many people fall for, taking people back when they mess up that bad. Yeah, you know, um, something I am going to say. Yes, I did not take her back. Uh, that's going to be something I'm going to say right out the gate. However, what I am going to say is, you know, after talking to her, and this is one of those things where it's like, when you date somebody versus when you tell your friends about somebody who they haven't met, um, I actually fully believe that, you know, her side of things where, you know, she comes down and she's like, look, it just looked bad because, you know, you don't really pay attention when you're past, basically passed out drunk, you know, you know, hugging trash cans and shit. That was an unfortunate thing, but it highlights a larger issue. And that's what I, you know, we talked about. Like, when it comes down to care about, like, your significant other and stuff, you don't let yourself even in bad-looking situations like that. And that's kind of the problem. And, you know, we're going to see what changes happen, because, you know, she and I are going to try to maintain some level of friendship. We'll sort that out as time goes on, where we're comfortable, where we're not comfortable, and all that. It's obviously going to be some ebb and flow, and some things are not going to make sense sometimes. To be fair, you do frequent all the same bars. <laughs> It makes sense. And sometimes, honestly, you know, you, Frank, sometimes it's nice just having somebody to go out with that's not, you know, no offense, Dylan, just not my type. It's all right, Dylan. You're, you're, you're my type. You know, for that bad, Dylan, you go out very rarely. True. I really don't know what it's like. No. So <laughs> I don't think anything bad about it. And, you know, that's why I said we're going to have to figure out how our friendship's going to be and, you know, if it's going to be. Right. And you'll cross all those bridges when you get there. Now, I don't. I don't mean to drag on and, and drag your your story around, but um, I think we owe our viewers also. Or I said viewers again, listeners. We owe our listeners a bit of a another explanation because uh, we've mentioned you on our show before. So, as we've mentioned time and time again on our show, we have this community that is the whole reason that we made the podcast in the first place, right? Of which we are all members of, and uh, Rick here is actually one of the moderators on the Discord. In fact, the three of us are the only remaining staff on the Discord at all. We're all part of the original group. Right. I, our original group is a little bit bigger than the three of us uh, where we met, but um, we were all that remains of its leadership, and so it made sense that we would carry the torch on to other games. I don't want to recap our origins, because we had a whole first episode on that, but I didn't know how to edit audio very well back then, and my audio recording quality was very bad. Um, it's a lot better now, and we're still getting better as we go. Like I was saying, I don't know what's wrong with your microphone right now, Rick, but we're still glad you're here. Do I still sound like the the background noise is gone? Um, yeah, it's just every once in a while, there's like it. It almost sounds like at the end or the start of your of your words, you sometimes crackle a bit, but it's not. It's nothing too major. Yeah. Um. No, I figured out what the background noise is. Uh, I have my laptop, and sometimes it gets very loud and angry whenever it's uh, doing its thing. Right. But there, there's other problems with your audio quality. Like, um, it, it's got a lot of those weird, like, robotic little chimes and chings, and I, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know if it's lag or... Yeah, honestly, if I'm ever here on the podcast again, I'll just record from your basement with you. Yeah, that'd probably be better. In person. We could share a microphone. It would be way easier. Yeah. I think that would be the smarter decision next time, because your audio is already set up. 
So there's no reason for me not right. to just do that. That's actually what Stealth did when we did that that one episode. Two, girl, two girls, one cheese dip. I love that episode. It's so good. That's a yeah. But anyway, I guess I should tie up the whole story there. Uh, so yeah, no, she and I are working through it, and we're not getting back together, Dylan. I mean, not in the foreseeable good. future, anyways. Like, I am not stupid enough to be like, I'll never get back together with her because that's when life makes you a liar yeah like five years down the road and we're like oh hey rick nice lie you told us well right and honestly if she's vastly different person five years from now then i don't that a a bad thing yeah i'm a firm believer that people change i think that to be static on a a notion like that is just irresponsible so I, i i i see where you're coming from we greatly appreciate you coming on the show to give us the update Feel free to stick around and chime in on any of our topics, uh, but me and Victim can take it from here. So, Victim, we should probably go over some updates over all the stories that we talked about yesterday besides the drama with our friend Rick here. So, did you, did you hear about what happened with Ion Fury? I sort of what you told me last time. I actually hadn't had a chance to look at it yet, which sucks. As I, it sounds like my kind of game. It, well, controversy aside, it sounds like my kind of game. It's got, I got good news and bad news, and both are the weirdest of news. Basically... Where we left off in the story last time was Ion Fury. It came out. It was cool. It was basically everything you wanted in a successor to Duke Nukem with a female lead. It had comedy. It had everything. And it was in the same engine as the old Duke Nukem games, which was super nostalgic for a lot of people. What happened was, is like I said in the previous episode, some, some people, some devs on their Discord did a did an Audi with uh, the their choice of words and their. Um, daring to express an opinion that isn't you know widely accepted uh i don't think holding a, an opinion you don't agree with is a crime but some people do and they got a lot of heat for it they got called a lot of ists and isms uh even though it was just like one guy and this game was made by many people who don't share his views and that was really shitty because it affected all of them too but the developer spoke up and was like hey we're gonna donate a bunch of money to this charity i believe it was a suicide prevention charity and then later they said, oh, and we're not removing the jokes. We're not going to change the content of the game. The game's fine. Proud of them. And then everyone was like, what? That's kind of cool. I know what you told me about it and what I listened to. Because I did actually listen to the last episode uh-huh. in preparation. Nice. Fucking praise it. It was a good uh, episode. So I think, I think the issue, we're trying to figure out like this new social... Order, I guess. I don't know. Like a lot of people who really didn't have a voice or rights or anything now have those. And we're trying to figure out what's appropriate, what's not. Because, you know, I can think of in my lifetime things that were totally acceptable that are no longer totally acceptable to say. I watched some Scrubs, the TV show Scrub, uh, not the, not some jackasses. I watched some scrub, some of the scrubs a few days ago. That could not get made today. Like they drop, this is gay, or those gay guys over there. Um, you know, lots of if taking out of context, racist jokes. Some of them are, are actually jokes. But you just referred to you just referred to scrubs as jackasses, and that could be seen as offensive to uh, donkeykin people who identify as animals that are donkeys. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. <laughs> you have a point. It could eventually have that issue if you know that sort of that grouping of people have 
voice in the future, and that's something that we've kind of got to get used to as a culture, because the culture does change over time. What's, you know, socially acceptable. Right. The goalposts, the goalposts are moving, and more things are becoming more acceptable for the better, but there are some bad actors, like we mentioned in a previous episode, Mean Victim, uh, there are some bad actors that are trying to basically get in on this acceptance train when they don't deserve the acceptance that all these other marginalized groups are getting. And they're just trying to like ride the hype train to acceptance, which includes yes. the likes of pedophiles, right? Like that should never be accepted in society, but they're like following the same path as all these other legitimately marginalized communities that legitimately deserve to be accepted. And it's kind of disgusting. And it's like, their their actions here jeopardizes the progress of all those other legitimate groups. Yeah, especially when you got people looking for it too. Like, you know, if you want to look at the bad actors on the other side, because, you know, anyone who says like, I don't know, it's a blanket term, like racism doesn't exist. Well, sure, it still exists. But anyone that holds that stance, it's going to look for examples. They're going to look for the worst examples and, and vice versa too, right? It's just like bad actors are just annoying. They, they, they cause so much shit in a spot where realistically... We shouldn't be. We should just leave it be so that society can settle on something for once. I think, uh, like, you, pedophiles are always a touchy subject because, like, I, I'm, I have a psychology student. I'm going to have a bachelor's in psychology. And so, you know, they are part of psychology and the, one of those things where we're like, this is abnormal. And so, therefore, it falls under the purview of psychology. Obviously, it also falls under the purview of, you know, the law. And, you know, angry parents and things like that. Right. And I am by no means ever going to excuse the behavior. Because that, that is a strong line that some people don't understand. Thinking, you're allowed to think whatever you want. Everybody's allowed to think whatever they want. Nobody can stop you from thinking what you want to think. It's when you act on it that it becomes a problem. You know, the, there is a goal for a lot of psychologists, or just psychology in general, to, for lack of better terms, fix these people. Um, because, you know, a lot of like, parents, for instance, who are just like, kill them all, or they're still people. And that's one of those things I'm always going to stress. They're still people. They're just, again, I can't defend their actions, and I won't defend their actions. They're still people. They're still people, and some people really believe that they can be helped. And if the price for coming forward with this condition is death, they won't come forward. Exactly. Yep. They'll just hide. And they could make a mistake later that they'll regret. Yeah, it's the problem with demonization in general. Like, if you demonize something, you're A, going to make people, uh, uh, you know, whatever you're demonizing the topic, they won't want to come forward. They won't want to seek help because they're afraid of being prosecuted or persecuted or whatever the word is for it. I've talked about this a lot. Actually, I made mention of it. I think it was last time about uh, a conversation I had with uh, another one of our good friends, Anno. I'm just against demonization in general. I, I don't care who or what the person is. If you demonize them, not only will you stop looking at them as human so that you will stop basically seeing this as a capability like, oh, well, I'm not capable of that. Nobody's capable of that. A human being is incapable of that. Well, then, well, it just happened. So who did it? Oh, a demon did it. It's like, no, that's not how that works. You know, and the, the moment we, we start demonizing things, we start uh, dehumanizing it. As shitty as that is to say, that's just not how it is. It's, not, it's not, not a true statement. Right. So I think that is just a quality that a good person would have. And 
talking about good people versus bad people, I think a bad person would, you know, dig into a person they don't like's background and life story until they can find the first thing they can hang them on. Like, um, oh, when you were an edgy 13-year-old, you drew a swastika on a school paper. Or you said a mean thing to somebody in a DM on MySpace or whatever, right? And then you'll just cancel this person and like try to harm them in any possible way. Whereas a good person, I'm thinking people like tattoo artists that will for free cover up gang signs and swastikas. Like those people I think do more for society than those people on Twitter that just cancel people ever have. And it's like, it's just a quality of a good person to want to help people change and become better people because everyone makes mistakes. Just because people pick the, the easiest thing that they can do. Like, they feel good when they, you know, lay into Billy Joe the Child Toucher. They feel really good for laying into him, but it doesn't actually change anything. Yeah, he gets fired from his job, his family starves. I did a good thing, guys, I did yeah, it. Yeah, and then, you know, someone sees that and they're like, well, I feel like him too. Well, if nobody's going to accept me, I might as well go be a demon. I might as well go do this silly, stupid irredeemable act because that's what society thinks of me yeah they'll be more tempted to act on their desires and eventually it's something that they just don't control or can't control yeah i mean and again by no means are any one of the three of us defending them because that's not something you oh, defend no, definitely not you can't defend it it is a bad thing to do all of society has agreed on it however ostracizing and demonizing people just doesn't solve any problem. Like, if you need a better example, which I realize is such an asinine statement to say, but if you need a better example, if you are somebody who doesn't like Donald Trump, think about that sweet, sweet, what was it, 2016 election? Yeah. Where our greatest weapon against Donald Trump, apparently, was to make fun of him. You know how well that worked. I'm here from 2019 to say it did not work, guys. Yeah, I believe CNN intentionally gave him like tons of runtime and they played like his speeches like verbatim and uncut uh, just to like lampoon his party back before they picked him as their primary. And then afterwards as well to like basically make people fear him and see him as a ridiculous choice. But all this coverage only made more people that resonated with him flock to him. And that was a big mistake on their part. You know, like... No, he did the proper song and dance for any Republican candidate. You have to promise the coal miners their jobs are coming back. You have to tell farmers that, you know, they're people and they are people. But you know what I mean? The farmland flyover states, they tend to get forgotten. And when somebody finally comes around and notices them, you're damn mm -hmm. right they're going to vote for him. And I can't blame them. Like, yeah, I can. I can be like, you know, it's mm. been a bad presidency. It's been a bad three years for us. But... They did what they thought was right, and they supported the guy that talked to them. Nobody else talked to them. Nobody else gave a shit. So call them a bunch of you know inbred you know donkey fuckers or whatever. Then yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just gonna pay the price in the long run, and you know it's a common thing. We make fun of people we don't like, and then when they rebel, do something out of the blue, you know. We're like, oh, well, we didn't see that coming. The signs were always there. You just chose not to pay attention to it. You know, Victim tells me that uh, Canada's had a pretty rough uh, time, too. Their their president once brushed up against somebody, and he apologized for like a week straight. Isn't that true? Yeah, it 
is so annoying. I don't know how he, how anyone thought he was ready to be. I mean, don't get me wrong. His dad, you know, in the eyes of the rest of the country, his dad did something great. Hey, he led Cuba. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. That's a joke. <laughs> he let his wife uh, uh, vacation there without him. That That's a, you look that up. That's a, that's a pretty raunchy joke. Um, the, um, the, the, the problem though, is that he, he's too, I guess, passive in a way. But he's, he's willing to be really adamant on things that he believes in, but they're really misguided. I won't go into it here because, honestly, we'll probably branch topics like eight times. But he, he ended up saving a kid who probably realistically didn't need saving, first off. He was pretty much where he needed to be for doing something horrible. And people wanted his head on a pike. Like, the whole like half the country was like, yeah, we need to off Trudeau. You know, it was a, a trending hashtag on Twitter for a little bit. And it was just like one of those moments where, like, it, one half of the country is blinded by how pretty he looks. Um, and, you know, and then the other half is, you know, wanting to just tear him down. It's like, well, why don't we just look at this guy for a second? Which he, he, he's not, a, he's not a good prime minister, he, but he's not horrible either. He, I, 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 you know, taking a middle ground here. Um, I think he probably shouldn't have another uh, reelection, but he probably will just because he, he kind of plays to the, the right notes of the country right now. Um but he is, you know, one statement I can say that is definitely true about all of it is he is 100% a pushover. He is not really that confident a guy. He's not, he's not a good politician. He kind of strikes me as a pushover. So when tweets uh, trend in Canada, did this, is the hashtag like first in English and then there's another trending of the same thing in French? No. God, I hope, I hope that never happens. Because he tweets that way. But if... Like every t- everything Trudeau says is in English and then in French, like right after. Yeah, almost everything uh, that is government based has to be that way, even public jobs. So I can't get a job at a liquor store here because they're all government run or provincial run, but still same thing. I can't get a job, though, because I do not speak French or I'm not bilingual. I think you just have to be bilingual. And my province is the only province that's like that because of Trudeau's father, actually. Funny enough. Oh, is he from there? Uh, no, I think he's from Quebec, but they just decided that New Brunswick was going to be the, the pinnacle of um, bilingualism. The country's slowly catching up, but only only Ottawa, our, our country's capital, and New Brunswick, which is like next to Quebec, but isn't Quebec, is the only two places in Canada you have to be bilingual. You, you think Quebec would be the one that forces you to be bilingual because everyone hates Quebec? No, nope. in fact, you're forced to speak French there. It's the opposite. Oh, that's even worse. Oh, yeah, it's it's horrible going there and you speak English, you get treated like dog shit. I mean, I've heard good things like uh, one of our other melomancers was went there a couple years back and said they had a great time there. But he can also speak a little bit of French. So I think that's probably why he was treated well. We got chased out like a woman grabbed a boom, uh, boom broomstick uh, and chased us out of her store when she heard us speaking English. We we're just looking for an ATM. That's all we wanted. We just wanted to get some money out and her store said ATM on the side. But no, now, we now I'm just picturing an old woman chasing you, saying "wee wee um baguette" and like trying to beat you with the basically broom. that that's a, that's an <laughs> accurate representation. <laughs> I'm nothing against the French. So if if you ever needed to know why Canadians hate French people, that's why because of Quebec. That's pretty funny, right? We got way off topic. That was quite the tangent. No, this is normal. Welcome to the show. This is pretty normal. So, um, and in fact, some of our best. Tangents come from tangents. I mean, arcs come from tangents. Sometimes they are the same thing. So Ion Fury, right? They basically backpedaled and said, no, we're not going to change anything. So the one joke that people harp on that they want changed is there is hair conditioner 
that is a play on words because there is a brand in real life called Olay of hair conditioner products. And in the game, it's Ogay. You know, that's... <gasps> yeah. Like, I can see why people are getting... Well, I can see why people got upset over it. However, they are also... I think people are also taking it too far. With it. it It's a tough one, really. Like, I can understand why people get upset. Like, because it is... They're, they did that on purpose. Like, there's no accident there, right? But... Right. On the other hand, I feel like people should be able to just shrug that kind of thing off. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I get it. I mean, the word gay was, like, a, a punchline for, like, a long time. But now people try to, like, play it as, like, you, you're either saying it as, like, a like a fact. So, like, oh, hey, my buddy's gay. Or you say it as an insult. Like, a, and to some extent, I think some people think of it as, like, a slur. Which, you know, it, I guess generally translates to the word stupid, but point. Mm-hmm. But I think that, like, you can't really change the meaning all that well. And I think that them using it as a joke, in context, it's obvious they're not being serious. They're not trying to demean or tear anyone down. So I think it's fine. I don't think it's that big. It's like, I still see it every once in a while used as, like, an insult or as a bad thing. But it's like, when I read it, like, I have to do a double take. Because it's like, wait, are they joking? Are they being sarcastic? Because, like, it's really difficult for me to see it in negative context these days. Because most people who still say it like that are, like, joking yeah exactly and i i think that my initial reaction is still like the the old old 2000s you know i'm i'm, sh- I'm, I'm shaking my hand like i'm a like it's i'm a old farmer dude i don't know but um I, my, my initial reaction is oh hey that's funny but i i can understand people do see it as like a an insult yeah which at that point i think that people should you know maybe i don't know having a backbone is the word i'm looking for i don't mean to say anyone's weak but I think that people should be able to like, okay, if I don't like that and I, I don't want to hear people say that, just walk away. It's it's not worth getting mad about. You know, if people are going to be assholes. People are going to be homophobic. Like no matter where you go, it's just going to happen. It, it's a, it sucks, but it's a fact, right? So why bother associating with them? It's just not worth it. I'm not going to like unfriend someone or block them if I see it. I I don't give a shit. Like whether they're being ironic or they're being you know edgy on purpose. Or maybe they're still stuck in the year 2000. I don't actually care. It's like, this isn't really an insult anymore. I had to like think about it more than most sentences to even like think if they meant it as an insult or not. And I usually just move on by that point. It's like, I don't care. If you're trying to insult someone, you can do better in 2019. Yeah, I think the big issue there is that they're a company. And that's something that, you know, companies have to pay attention to just on the gig. Like, just uh, as a whole. Like, if. Oh, right. It's one thing when a person says it. Because a person, you can be, you can roll your eyes and be like, come on, man, we're in 2019. Catch up. It's like, we, you can make a better insult. Like, it's funnier to even just use retarded, which is also forbidden nowadays, but like, retarded is way funnier. Let's be real. It's a better choice. Honestly, I don't. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, I do get why people got upset about it because we were. Honestly, I feel like this was just like. The whole inward thing, like people were just like, oh, "Wait, we can ban words," and I, this word makes me uncomfortable, so we should get rid of it. I get it, because it's not—it's an unnecessary thing to say. Like, if I roll into, you know, if I, you know, see something I don't like, like let's say, um, you know, they're 
I don't know what. I don't like avocado, so there's avocado on my fucking bagel or whatever. I don't know. And, you know, I roll up like I'm from the 90s and say, oh, man, that's so gay. Then that's on me. It really is. Yeah, it's also out of context nowadays, too. Most people look at you like, what? What what do you mean by your bagel's gay? Like, <laughs> most people are just going to be confused because it's, it's not a normal phrase anymore. If I think of a gay bagel, I'm thinking, like, the, the donut hole is, like, really tight. No, it'd be really loose, Dylan. Let's get it right here. Whether they're catching or uh, pitching, yep. Pitching or catching. They call them tops and bottoms now. It's 2019, Rick. <laughs> With that, you know, this goes back to watching Scrubs. Like... They use, They didn't say, oh man, that's so gay, but they're like, how they would say it is like, well, I'm not gay, or something like that. And it was obviously the punchline, don't get me wrong. I don't think it wouldn't fly today, but I can see where it's not socially acceptable, but also I can say, I don't think anybody deserves to be crucified over it. Right. Yeah, like I, like for instance, if a gay person or homosexual in, in general, you know, looked at I Am Fury and you're like, yeah, that's not funny. I don't think I'll buy the game. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give them any shit. Now, if they wanted to like tear the game down, go to take to Twitter and start a hashtag that takes traction and you know flies off and into space, um, that's that's going too far. They, they mm-hmm. it's not like they're going out and, and beating people in the streets for their sexuality. At that point, yeah, oh yeah, tear them the hell down. Fuck them. That's not cool. One employee, probably, or maybe, you know, the whole team even, or just, it doesn't matter. Like, they're at most a handful of people, right? Not the entire Ion Fury staff, but, like, the people in charge of the posters, right? They're probably, like, three or four people that did all the posters in the game. And one of those people, probably, just decided to make an off-color joke because, again, they're making a game from the 90s in 2019. Right. That might even be the joke in and of itself, that it's not really funny anymore. That's what I thought they were going for. This reminds me of something uh, that happened not too long ago. It was uh, in Cyberpunk 2077. I had, But if you remember, there was a poster in that game, too, where a whole bunch of people got offended. A whole bunch of people that were not trans or queer or whatever got offended for them. I remember that poster. It was like a, It was like a feminine person with like an obvious like crotch bulge that was in phallic shape they were i think they were drinking an energy drink that made them look that way no 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 that, that was what some people tried to say but that was, i think when they cleared it up that wasn't what it was supposed to be just that they're drinking an energy drink it's a blurry photo of a poster from a trailer like it might change and we can't even see it clearly anyway i don't think they're going to change it honestly i think they've firmly put their flag down saying look if what will happen is, and it's the same thing that happens. As beauty, beauty standards change, then so too will advertising around it. And that's one of those things. Again, it goes back to culture changes as we're alive. Like, as we exist, culture change. As the old die off, the new come up, and they come up with new stupid social rules like the word like. In the 90s, do you know who said like you know, 40 times in a conversation? It it was the teenage girls that, that was like that. And I'm not even marginalizing teenage girls here. They were the ones that set the social standard for what our word choices are now. I say the word like a lot. I just edit them all out. I'm also drinking a white claw right now. So I mean, who am I to judge? Uh, so I think we should move on. But before, before we switch topics, I just want to make one final point because um, 
I think it's really weird every time I see someone use the word gay as an insult because it's like really dated and it doesn't, it's not even that funny. And I feel like they could do better as an insult. Yet I will still myself say the word retarded. Um, and I think the reason why the old looks so dated and I, you know, it's not the fluoride in my toothpaste or anything. I'm pretty sure it's because there are people out there that openly identify with this word as a label. But um, there's no retard pride parades. Like could nobody, nobody using that word was referring to a person. Like it's like you did a dumb thing. That's retarded, right? It's not like you, some people. Eventually, someone, of course, would have used it on someone who was mentally retarded by the medical term. Most of the people using that word were not thinking of those people, and were mostly just saying to their friends and their enemies who did a dumb thing. And um, I'll probably change my tune. I will change my tune when they start having retard pride parades. When someone actually uses it as a label. But, um, and I'm sure you can cherry pick someone from Twitter who is. But I won't believe you until it's major and popular. No, that's a good point. I never even thought of it that way. I bet you there probably isn't that many people that are, like, even know that it, it was ever attributed to, like, autism or, or mental disabilities in general. I think most people just know it as the word retard. Like, it's not, it's not like a deeper meaning to it. Nobody's trying to be demeaning with it when they say, I mean, I'm sure somebody somewhere is obviously not, nothing is sacred, unfortunately, but then at the same time, you know, uh, I said, I think I said it last time, you know, we got an, I have, all three of us have an autistic friend and, um, my little brother's autistic. I, I still use the word. I let it slip on stream. I feel a little bad on stream just because again, I try not to be too polarizing on there, but in general, I don't, I don't see it as like being a demeaning slur to those kinds of people. And how I think that some of the other autistic people I've, I've met through my life, I've never ever said anything or seemed to care. And I get that means that they're just, you know, they're, that's a false positive. Many autistic people um, acknowledge that they have quite the disadvantage. And when they like succeed, they, they have every right to be proud. So, you oh, know, oh, yeah. we're going to see autism pride parades long before retard pride parades and when the day comes that we get the retard pride parades i'll just replace it with big dumb dumb <laughs> yeah i mean hell you never know at that point it, it might be one of the same you know the, the autistic people may have a might have grown a really good sense of humor because i'm not gonna lie if if in like their own their own words they they did that that would be fucking hilarious i i'd, I'd give them all the props it's the part of it and um as a lot of people that oftentimes get drowned out point out it is owning the word like that is what happened to the n-word yeah it was taken from the people that were using it as a slur and turned into a casual greeting just in general overused to the point where it could not really be functionally used as an insult like i'm sure that some very racist people use it as an insult still but they're so far and few in between, they don't get to count for the rest of us. I don't think we should get too far into it, considering our first episode back kind of touched on this topic a bit. But um, Etika, actually, one of his big things that he that, that he used to talk about was like the whole soft A versus hard R is like the soft A version is an entirely different word. It's a camaraderie thing where the hard R is the racist word. But obviously our society looks at them as the same word. Um but I guess that's just proof that not everyone does. Or like white, they use the the softer version, like the same as if they were using the other one. But that's because people get high on canceling people, and they're just looking for the next excuse, you know? Like, 
they see someone, you know, casually say that and then get accepted amongst their friends because they, that's what they do. And then someone uh, over around the corner, just snooping on them. is just like, Oh, actually you can't say that. And it's like, mm, but they said it's cool. Right. But whatever, you know, people are just fishing. Yeah. It's the whole, you can't speak for an entire group of people. It's like, well, if someone can't, then why are you trying? It's like, it's at a point where you just got to let people be like, if they're, if they're not actively hurting you, it's not worth your time. So speaking of actively hurting me, we need to talk about Spider-Man because that news dropped like right after we recorded last week. And I want to talk about it because I really like Spider-Man. So I don't know if we've talked about comics much on this podcast before. So I want to give a little bit of background. So I'm a child of the 90s, 27 years old, right? I didn't have cable the whole time. But when I did, like I was a big fan of like the Batman animated series and the Superman animated series, which is super underrated, by the way pun intended. I didn't really know anything about Marvel until like, well, I saw the X-Men movies because everyone did. I saw the Blade movies because Blade's amazing, right? And some people don't even realize he's from Marvel. Uh, because what Marvel did was they had all these other superheroes and they would like lease out the licensing to different people who wanted to make movies because superhero movies were not really a thing back then. Like they were cheesy and bad, right? Whereas DC was killing it in the like the digital like animated stuffs, animated movies, like they had everything. Like, you know, our parents remember Super Friends when they were teenagers, and we remember the Justice League, and both shows are excellent, right? Product of their times. Whereas, you know, with Marvel, like I saw two animated Avengers movies, and then I saw like Iron Man 1, and then I like wrote it out all the way to, to Avengers Endgame and to the, the newest Spider-Man Far From Home. I knew about Spider-Man because of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, right? And I think a lot of people would agree. And the various animated Spider-Man TV shows that we had, right? Because I didn't read comics. A lot of people I know didn't read comics. But we like comic books, right? It's whatever. Yeah. I think my initial Spider-Man was the old cartoons, now in color. <laughs> yeah, I had exposure to Spider-Man and also X-Men had a, a two really good animated shows. One in like the 90s that looks a little rough and then they like made a new one in the 2000s that was really good. So I was really familiar with X-Men and Spider-Man going into the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe thing when they started making their own movies. But like people like obsess over it and they're just like, oh, I'm a lifelong Marvel fan. And some of them are. Some of them are. And they read the comics and they love it, right? My appreciation for Marvel is highly highly conditional and after avengers endgame tied off all the loose ends i was ready to like never watch another marvel movie because on an individual basis some of those movies are pretty bad like the second and first thor movies are awful civil war was pretty bad it was all over the place like what else like all the hulk movies are bad i mean they're hit and miss movies like that's just kind of what it comes down to right but people will watch them because they need to be complete. They need to keep up. And it started slow and they kept with it. And it's like, if I don't watch this, I won't be ready for the next team up. Like, that's strong arming them into watching. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was direct tie-in with movies. Like, yeah, they didn't get any of the movie actors, but, like, they really tied in. If you didn't watch, um, what was that, um, second Captain America movie, uh, if you didn't watch the second Captain America movie, uh, Winter Soldier, if you didn't watch that and you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it will spoil that movie for you. Right, because, spoiler alert, Hydra is infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D., and the, the heroes of that TV show find out the hard way. 
It, it goes all around. We're not here to discuss the intricate details of the Avengers, though. So, no, and it was it was something that we really hadn't done before as a. Well, actually, I don't think anybody's done a what was it, twenty-seven movies or something like that. Right, it's kind of the first of its kind. It's really hard for people to understand it, I think, because it can't really be replicated without lots of investment. The the point was is that I was already pretty checked out of the MCU after they beat Thanos. It's like they're just gonna hype up somebody else, and it's gonna be a bunch of new heroes I don't necessarily care about because like Spider Man's like the only one I really care about. After I was made to care about like Iron Man. Captain America, and also Thor. Well, and I'm sure that some comic book guy's gonna, you know, be mad at me for this, but the Avengers were, all intents and purposes, the rejects, like, of, as far as anybody was concerned with Marvel. Marvel had two groups that mattered, and one of them was just a dude, and that's Spider-Man, and the X-Men. Those are the only two, like, Marvel properties that... And the Fantastic Four, right? Kind of, but like going through the 90s. I hated the Fantastic Four. I don't know how anyone could have liked that. Oh, yeah, they have the Fantastic Four. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not going to dog on them like Vic here. But where I'm getting at is like profitably. Fight me. No, no. I'm just saying out of profitability, there were only two properties that mattered for Marvel, Spider-Man and X-Men. The Avengers weren't profitable. Yeah, Fantastic Four weren't profitable. And... Comics notwithstanding here. I'm not gonna I'm not dissing comics themselves. Right. I wasn't very avidly into comics. Like who gave a fuck about Iron Man before the Iron Man movie came out? Nobody. Hardly anybody. Yeah, like he had a TV show for a bit, but it wasn't successful. It was poorly written, et cetera, et cetera. Not that, you know, most 90s. And he had that weird mullet. Yeah, he had the I wouldn't say weird. It was great. I don't know what you're talking about. Business <laughs> in the front, party in the back. Yeah, I mean he's all American. An all-American badass. Yeah. So, he got wounded in Vietnam. So anybody listening to this already knows, but Spider-Man was pulled from the MCU after Sony, who currently owns the rights, because remember, back before Marvel made movies, they sold off the rights to the heroes that mattered, which was the Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, X-Men, and for some reason, Blade, right? So they sold those rights off because they didn't have the means to make movies, but they, had, they wanted to make some money off their licensing. Because it's like, well, we have all these storylines that people love. And it's like, if you want to make a movie, pay us a bit and you do it. And then they did. And then Sony made the three Spider-Man movies. Two of them were excellent. One of them was not. That's all right. All three of them had Bruce Campbell. (laughs) Wait, so the MCU Spider-Man movies, I've heard nothing but bad things about them. Um, what? Are you sure you're not confusing that with the second reboot of Spider-Man and Sonyverse? Yeah, no. you're talking about Amazing Spider-Man. You have to be. The MCU ones, like Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home, I've never heard a bad word uttered okay. about either one. Yeah, They're universally beloved, I, actually. Those are definitely the ones I'm thinking about, but I let me clarify that real quick. I haven't looked any like anything up online or heard anything from Melomancers, but all my real-life friends that are like huge into comic books, like huge, super huge, like they're so huge, I kind of try to bullshit my way through the conversation just so I don't feel like I'm just sitting there listening to them. They're like massive into them, and both of the both of these friends of mine just hated the movies because apparently it, for one, it, apparently the it didn't mirror the comics very well, and they pretty much rewrote how the abilities work for all the characters, all the villains and shit. And apparently neither of them liked it. They thought it was kind of dumb. Aside from the fights, I think they liked the fights, the choreography and whatnot. But 
I I think your 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 friends were talking about the Amazing Spider-Man movies. They made two. No, of them. they they showed me the new one with Mysterio. I think is what his name was. Yeah, yeah, that that was the movie they were talking about specifically. Your friends are weird. Canada's weird. I again, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm, it's not my opinion at all. I should clarify. Are your friends from France? Maybe or Quebec. Well, like, I will give his friends this. Yeah, they don't really mirror the comics. Like Vulture is some. Because quite literally, all of Spider-Man's villains are either scientists who had something bad happen to them, Dr. Octopus, or they are products of bad science, like the Scorpion, Vulture, Rhino, etc. Sandman? Sandman, yeah. Now, I will say that there are a couple of them that don't actually fall in that category, but the vast majority of his rogues gallery are science that has gone wrong. So, yeah, no... I understand why they didn't do that. Vulture is not... They made a very sympathetic villain, very understandable villain, because that is what we're doing now. That is something that, as a society, we're doing now. We can't just... We can have villains that are just evil, but we don't like that very much anymore. Yeah. Especially after, you know, they made The Dark Knight. That's obviously not a Marvel movie. That's Batman. Yeah, I was actually just going to use that as an example, actually. Bane and, and the Joker that whole trilogy just kind of changed the rules on how to make a villain for a movie like this. And I don't know if any superhero movies before that had a, a villain like that. Cause like you think of the early MCU movies, like Obadiah Stane from Iron Man one was really one dimensional. He's just bad, right? Like that's not interesting. You don't sympathize with him. He's just evil. Cause he wants to be, well, you know, he had a nice racket going on with Tony dead supposedly. And so why would he want it to change? And then you get the Whiplash guy from Iron Man 2, and that guy was... That, that, that whole movie was bad. Both Whiplash and the, the, the dude that built his suit at Justin the end Hammer. and had that weird side plot. Both those characters, like, they were really flat, one-dimensional. Nobody gave a shit about them. They could have been murdered and nobody would have cared. So Spider-Man got written out of the MCU, and Victim's friends are crazy. They're probably from Quebec. But the new Spider-Man movies, Homecoming and Far From Home, are probably the best. Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, well, Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie, but that's unfair. So Sony made Into the Spider-Verse. They deserve some credit. They also made the Sam Raimi movies, but they also made the other ones, the Amazing Spider-Man ones, and those ones were awful. They made they got Andrew Garfield to play fucking Peter Parker. He looked like a male model, and he was like a skateboarder jerk that wasn't smart. But like that's not Peter Parker. That's like the opposite. It's like they made Flash Thompson fucking Spider. Yeah, that that, 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 that like, sounds bad. I haven't seen those. Ones. The only ones I've seen is the the, the original three. Uh, what was it? Toby Toby Maguire. I think his name was. Those are the Sam Raimi ones. Right. You know what, Dylan? I bet I know like why they didn't like the movie. It was so diversified. God damn it! I, uh, oh no! I'm sorry. I couldn't help take the free jab because I've heard people whining about that before. Heard people whining about uh. Flash Thompson, yeah. Wait, is it Flash? Is he still Flash? The, uh, yeah. They yes. were whining about how Flash was supposed to be a, you know, a jock and, you know, white hair, white boy with uh, blonde hair and stuff. They didn't quite say it like that. But, you know, that's what they meant. Right. These people are blinded by their own prejudice because it's like the change they made was so good because it more accurately reflects the way Zoomers experience high school, I think. So, yeah. Spider-Man's a nerd, right? He's in all these nerdy clubs. In today's world, you can you can be that and not be bullied for what you do. Whereas 
in the new Spider movies, Flash Thompson was changed. Yeah, sure. They changed him into an Indian guy, whatever, right? But he is involved in all the weird after school stuff that Peter Parker is in. And then he's still a bully. He serves the same role in a more realistic and believable way than just being a jock that beats up nerds because he doesn't like nerds. That has gone away. Like, I guarantee you there are a handful of high schools still where jocks beat up nerds. But for the most part, that doesn't happen anymore because nerds are fine now. Nerds are cool. Nerds are on the top of the totem pole at the moment. I've actually heard stories of schools now where like nerds get praised and they get like they become like the popular kids versus, you know, sports teams and shit. It's become cool to be a nerd. I don't exactly know what happened. And, you know, everyone on that football team comes home, plays Halo with their buddies. Yeah, even even when I was in middle school, uh, some of the jocks, I mean, only one of them knew who I was. The rest of them had no idea who I was, I, you know, my screen name and whatnot. And I used to kick their ass in Halo all the time. Fucking loved it. It sucked ass at it, but I would kick the shit out of them. Yeah, like the times have changed and the, the Spider-Man movies have adapted uh, these new ones and they had to make a lot of concessions to make it more realistic. The movie wouldn't have been as good if they, you know, had to stick to, you know, how certain characters look and behave. I don't know if anybody's been to New York within the past, you know, decade. It's not as white as it was in the 80s. No, although I guess that, that brings something up. I mean, from what I've heard of comics, um, I've read a couple, but... From my understanding is, don't spin-off comics usually really, really, really like changing that kind of shit? Isn't there like a billion Spider-Mans that are like of all different races and genders and what have you? Yeah, that's the whole point of the, what is it, the line of the Spider-Verse or whatever? Like, it's like the series of comics that are all in different Earths, and they're all like the same Spider-Man story, but twisted a bit. That was kind of the premise of that recent movie. Maybe maybe this is an alternate universe where this Flash Thompson just isn't white. It's like, that shouldn't be a, that shouldn't be a problem. And that's kind of what it gets at. I get the argument of like, oh, it's diversity for the sake of diversity, which doesn't help. I can understand that a little bit. But at the flip side is, well, what, when does it become just diversity? Because it just they thought it was going to work better. You know, the, the, they casted it better that way. It's like, you can't tell the difference. So there's no use in getting uppity about it. And that's the thing, Vic. Diversity shouldn't be a weapon. The world is a diverse world. I cannot go a day, like an entire day, if I leave my house. And I'm not exactly in the most industrialized part of the world, but at the same time, I'm not, you know, in the backfields of Nebraska. So, right. But I can't go throughout my day without seeing, you know, people that are white, black, sometimes Mexican. I will admit I'm in the Pacific Northwest, so sometimes I don't see Hispanics. Sorry, guys. They're there. But they are. Filipinos are much more prominent here. But that's my point, though. I, if I leave my house and I go buy a coffee, I will see at least four or five different races of people. That's just how the world is now. And people that don't like that are going to have to get over it. Because there's nothing they can do about it at this point. The world is diverse, damn it. Yeah, and I mean, on the, like, the flip side of what I said earlier, is like, it's not worth it for them to, to act on. If, if you're going to go be racist, hold a racist rally, or you're just going to look bad, you, you got to look inside and realize that that's just not cool. They're human beings at the end of the day. If you don't like their, their skin color, like that's not who they are. So just get past it and <laughs> see them as a human being. And it goes all, all different ways with that stuff. But we also need to address that too. Diversity for the sake of diversity. I don't know who coined that phrase because it's not good. Like a bad character, it doesn't have to do with their race. I know, and then they take cheap shots at all the critics that are like, oh, you just didn't like it because of this or that. And it's right. like, no, it's just awful. Yeah, no, Star Wars Episode Eight is a great example there. People, 
And I will readily say that internet bullying is still bullying, and it is really easy to get away with it, as it were. Because, you know, I th the actress that... Kelly Mary Tran, that's who I'm thinking of. The actress that played Rose, she left, you know, social media because people were being absolutely phenomenal jerks to her. And right. don't get me wrong, I am not ever going to defend that. It goes back to the whole pedophile thing. I don't defend them. However, if you are a person who is a public figure, you've got to find a, a way to deal with that stuff. Every YouTube creator deals with it. Every person that's on the internet has been told to kill themselves at some point in time. It's just how it goes. You got to get over it. And I, I, I can get it to some extent when it comes in like, you know, droves. When you get like 900 messages of the same thing in like less than a couple minutes, I can understand being bombarded. But honestly, you know, you just tab away. You're like, you know what? It's Sam. Just watch a fucking movie, drink a coffee, drink a beer, eat a piece of pizza or something and just chill. Take a you moment at that point. Yeah. What bothers me the most, I think, is that those people really fucked it up for everyone else. Because that movie was garbage. And it wasn't because they added this extra character who played by an Asian woman. It's because that character didn't do anything of value and was totally unnecessary and an already confused movie. So it's the writer's fault, basically. Right. And I'm sure her acting is just fine with what they told her to do. Right. It's like, you could say the same thing about Star Wars Episode 3, right? Like, all the best scenes in Star Wars Episode 3 is when they're not talking. Like, the cinematography is pretty good, but uh, the script was bad. The acting was good. The script was bad. I, I, another good example of that, too, is, like, when people talk about, like, old voice acting, and like, oh, this is garbage, this is horrible, they're bad voice actors. So, well, it could be the director. Half the time, the director and the writer, if they're not on the same page, don't know what they're doing. I think it was, fuck, I, I think it was uh, Nolan North They actually explained this one time. Sometimes when you're just in the booth and you you think of something that's right and you want to do it right, but the director's like, no, 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 do it this way. And even if you hear it's bad, it's wrong. If they say, yep, that's good, that's good, and you're done. That's your job done. It's not whether or not you're a bad or shitty voice actor. It could literally just be that the director's an idiot and doesn't know what he wants. It's really unfortunate because the, the status of, like, for, for example, with episode nine or eight with Star Wars, right? Rose being played, portrayed by an Asian woman is is like the excuse that the people that made the movie and all the critics that are paid to defend them are just like, you just hated it because of that. And it's like, no, no, that's not why. Well, she got harassed off Instagram. It's like, that was shitty. And I didn't do that. My criticism is still valid. But the conversation's already ended. You've been lumped in with the harassers. They don't want to hear from you anymore. They, as far as they know, you're one of them. And they don't listen to you anymore. Yep. As soon as you raise criticism... Your criticism becomes invalid, and I'm pretty sure episode nine is going to be bad. Now, there was a trailer. Did either of you see it? I didn't. I haven't seen it either. All right, so take a minute, pull it up. I want you to both to watch it, and I want, I want to see your reaction. All right, let me get to that. Official trailer number two. For those of you listening at home, this will just be a brief jump cut. So you're both done? Yep. What'd you think? Why did that lightsaber have to fold if they already had the technology to just make it double-ended? Well, you can see oh. that it is like Kylo Ren's lightsaber with the jaggedy, uh, shitty lasers. 
the, and the freaking exhaust port that makes it look like a guard handle. Like, why? I'm okay with the guard handle on Kylo Ren's. Honestly, I never understood why people thought his lightsaber was terrible. It looks like he made it himself. And, you know, the number one injury I see Jedi receive is hand loss. True. I mean, that's just good design. Whereas it looks like, you know, this other character, I, I don't want to just assume that it's Ray. I fucking hope so, because she's so boring that I hope she has some kind of revelation that turns a dark side, right? Because she's just so boring. How many lines of dialogue has she had in the entire series? I think I can, I think it can be counted. And that's not right. Like the fact that you can probably count it pretty easily. Yeah, that, that's Daisy Risley. So, um, but no, I don't know how many lines. Um, it's not been many. She had plenty in episode seven. Episode eight, she was barely in the show. Right. She had barely spoken and remained that way. And episode nine, who knows? I don't know. I don't. I don't know the right answer here. I, I don't get what's going on. Honestly. They're not above having a dream sequence or something so they can throw some bullshit in a trailer. That used to be forbidden. They didn't have those in Star Wars before Episode 7 when they had the when she grabbed the lightsaber and had the dream. And then Episode 8 was just all over the place. But like before those two movies, like flashbacks were not a thing in Star Wars. There wasn't a single flashback scene ever. I mean, it also looks like they're just throwing literally all the hyperspace rules that we're in play out now because I see uh, what looks like the uh, rebel fleet showing up inside of what looks like atmosphere from hyperspace. And then first order they're inside this lightning cloud and they have just all of the uh, ships again. How are the, where do they build these ships at man? Like they're just making this shit up as they go, man. Like, I don't know how many years I hope it's, a few are between episode eight and nine in the canon because that's what thing that worked really well for Star Wars was all the movies were several years apart in the story. It's more obvious in the prequel trilogy, um, but in the original trilogy, like the movies were all a couple years apart, even Empire and Jedi, even though it ends on a cliffhanger and then they're like, oh, let's go save Han. That's like a, apparently like a year or so later. Yeah, no, they had distance and time in between. It meant that they didn't have to deal with the immediate consequences. Like, they didn't have, we didn't have to see the Rebellion's abandonment of Yavin 4, and I'm sure that that would have been just an epic shit show to watch. George Lucas wisely hand-waved a lot of what was going on, because you can do things that you can't. It, it's narrative technique. If you don't have to show people things, you can just write whatever you want. Yeah, they'll fill those in blanks with their mind. I'm, I have very little faith in this movie. I'm going to see it anyway, just because it's the train wreck I can't look away from. Because, I mean, Star Wars is, was a big part of my childhood, right? It was one of my favorite things. I mean, you're already along for the ride, Dylan. Would you jump off yeah. the moving train? I think it's safe to let it crash. Yeah, seriously. And it's like, I kind of want to see how it will crash and burn. I, I don't think there's any way they can redeem the trilogy at this point, even if Episode Nine is an absolute banger and is like the best Star Wars movie ever made. I, I don't think it's going to make the sequel trilogy worth it because that last movie was so bad. Like it was like worse than Episode Two. You want to know why it's bad? You want you want to know why anything past the first three movies is bad? Hmm. Because if you write something, it has to be coherent. It has to be a consistent storyline. But if you continuously add stuff that was not planned on top of it. You are literally writing from your asshole at that point. 
You it, right. it will not be coherent. It will be not consistent. If it ever ends up being, you're lucky. You're super lucky. What they should have been planning for him for the whole time, if they thought they were going to do more than three movies, is to just have better hooks. If there was hooks to pull from each time, they would have had no problems. You know, kind of like how Red vs. Blue was able to wing 10 seasons where they only wrote one season at a time. You know, like things like that. It's like, it's possible, but you got to know what to do. And they obviously didn't know what to do and they fucked it up. It's like the original trilogy is kind of grounded. Like they don't spend a whole lot of time explaining how stuff works. It just does. And like how the cultures of the world exist, like it has some level of world building with like the galactic empire. And there's this like tons of planets and they all follow a single rule. How do they maintain this rule? Oh, they have a huge army and the rebellion is really small and they have the death star. They, they rule with fear. You know, it, they told you just enough to get it. Yeah. Whereas in the prequel trilogy, they start adding on layers and layers of, Oh, how they did this, how they did that. And then the sequel trilogy, like they have, it has all this baggage of like the expanded Disney universe. Cause Disney throughout, a lot of the expanded universe that existed, but then they added their own bullshit in. So like, it's not any better with how much baggage there is with what is explainable. They spent a lot of time in episode seven explaining how to hyperspace jump through a shield. It's like, why? They could have just done it and and then been like, I didn't think that was going to work. Oh my God. And then like, what'd you do? <laughs> yeah. See, the, there's two laws to fantasy writing or sci-fi or, you know, fiction in general. I mean, um, there's two laws. See, you either explain it so well that it's concrete or you don't explain it at all. As long as it's believable in your writing, in your universe, then it's fine. As long as you adhere to your own rules, that's fine. But like, it, it, you know, like you said, you either over-explain or you under-explain it. If you under-explain it, then you have to continuously under-explain things. And, it, the, and you have to stick to your rules. Even if you don't tell people what your rules are, they have to, you have to stick to them. Otherwise, people will start catching on. And it ruins just the whole story yeah and i mean that's where lord of the rings work they didn't bother explaining magic they're like yeah it's really hard and convoluted to understand and only a certain amount of people can do it it's like boom that's that's the law of it boom move go from there like, really if you look at gandalf like i'm going to use gandalf as our example here the amount of magic that he uses is a ton the amount of mad like spectacle for his magic none there's zero spectacle for his magic except for when he fights the Balrog. Yeah, you can. It, it's got like a glow to it at that point, but anything, almost anywhere else, it's like maybe some wind moves. There's like a force of, of power that moves by, and the, you see the dust move. It's like, that's like the most, and I think that didn't even come about until they did the Hobbit movie. And even in the books, it, it was, was very, very rarely described. Well, like, uh, you know, I point out his pretty glorious fight with uh, Saruman. Uh, not Sauron, because Tolkien had to just pick similar names for his two main villains, I guess. That, that's that's Tolkien's biggest flaw, because that is a that's a writing law now that some some people adhere by is never name something so similar or even the same name unless you're willing to like go to lengths to make them identifiable. Right. So so Saruman, he and Gandalf have a pretty badass wizard fight, but the bad budget for that was negligible, really. Because uh, all they're like they're hitting each other with great magical force, but you don't see it physically. Like you see them react to being hit, but you don't see the like, magical beams shoot out of their stabs at each other. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I, I think it was an interesting idea. I mean, they didn't want to. I mean, magic was never upplayed in the books, so it kind of makes sense that they didn't try to upplay it in the movies. As much as it would have been really fucking cool for it to be, you know, massive spectacles of light. 
Uh, thematically, it was, I kind of liked it. I thought it was a good I idea. I enjoyed it. Um, Saruman does one spell where he drops uh, an avalanche down. I remember that. Or he causes a snowstorm. I can't remember. But it's yeah. just kind of like he says some word. Like he's like, ah, oh, I'm going to make your you know, day terrible. And he waves his staff a bit. And then shit goes down. Um, Gandalf, most of Gandalf's magic is like the, uh, what was it, a butterfly that takes him off the tower? Or it's a moth. He speaks to the moth. Yeah, the moth like flies at the camera and comes around, and it's then it's when it goes back to him, it's massive. And the way that they did that visually was great. There was no magic light or anything, you know, that we have to see to, in modern. I mean, I say that like it's, you know, from the 80s or something. It's only a, a what, decade and a half old? That's too old. I feel old now. Well, yeah, it's only half my life ago. But when we look at these things and we see the differences in narrative storytelling, now we use a bunch of big visual things. Like, uh, and some of it's because we can. Like, don't get me wrong. I have no doubt that it would have looked really cool if we had a Harry Potter style wizard fight between the two. Because Harry yeah, Potter I mean, is look, look at Michael Bay. all of the flashy lights, and you're right, Michael Bay. Like, and you can make fun of the giant explosions for no reason all you want. It still looks cool. At the end of the day, it's still pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Transformers can be a terrible movie all at once. But if you want something on in the background while you know, you're at a party or something, throw a Transformers movie on. You guys can make fun of it together, but you can also actually see some really badass things happen. Because... Yeah. All things we, you know, all things aside, he made some really fucking cool looking Transformers. It's true. I, I, I knew a guy did the special effects on the second one. He said it was a very life, uh, soul crushing experience. I have no doubt. Well, you can tell him I thank him because it was a very uh, spectacular watch. It's funny because he worked on that movie for a couple years or however long it took to make the movie. He worked on a team with like five people, and the scene that they made was when. They did that thing with the cube and they like made like a bunch of stuff come to life. And there was this scene where like it wasn't the second one. That was the first one. I must be thinking of the first one then. Uh, But like a toaster comes alive in like some lady's kitchen and like he runs across the counter and then it cuts to like something else. And that little scene and then the cut that that was what he did. It was like eight seconds. Took him like a year. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Because. It was all teams that big making scenes that short for a year. I don't know. It just keeps going back to the same things over and over again. Like, we look at Star Wars. We're going to go back to Star Wars because we're going to do the full circle here. So, there was a time where George Lucas couldn't do everything he wanted to do. And that's why you have, you know, uh, the very, very subpar looking lightsaber duel between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. Like, I... I'm going to be honest, it's kind of a boring fight. Like, episode four is lit. You know what he did instead, because he couldn't make a badass fight? He really built up the moment and the tension, and holy shit, did he just kill a good guy? I mean, yeah, it was a pretty good spectacle. Also, like, you can see, like, the the, the wire coming out of his, like, sleeve. (laughs) It was rough, but it was pretty iconic. Like, it didn't need to be flashy. Exactly. And that's one of the things I liked about the sequel movies is that their fights are also not flashy. Like, lightsabers feel heavy in those fights. Right. Where realistically, they probably wouldn't be, but, you know, either way. Um, 
Right. And then you get the, the prequel trilogy where they're just like flicking them around like they don't weigh anything. And it's like, all right. But for a movie, it looks a lot cooler to have your weapon weighted because it makes makes them look like what we know weapons to be now, right? Up until, uh, what was it? Episode two. Uh, four, five, and six, and episode one. They were all using big steel replicas that George Lucas went over with a highlighter afterwards. I think in episode one, oh. uh, in The Phantom Menace, they did it digitally. But yeah, they were, so the guy... The guy that played Darth Maul was wielding a giant fucking stick. Oh my god, that's actually pretty cool. I didn't think of that, but that, that's actually probably the only way they could have de- did it back then. Honestly, like we think that there's a huge gap of time, because there was a large gap of time uh, between uh, episode 6 and episode 1. But like technology, other than like basically being cooler, didn't really change between what was it 98 and 3 i think maybe it was 85 but whatever within like tw- the la- that 20 year span our technology didn't like have this great leaps and bounds as far as like making movies is concerned like i'm sure they had smaller cameras and better cameras but like we hadn't really figured out digital altering to the degree that we have now yeah like those special effects in those those star wars prequel movies are pretty rough Exactly, and don't get me wrong, George Lucas went over over the top with it, but if he didn't, I guarantee you the movies that happened afterwards would not be as good, and our grasp of it would not be as vast as it is. Like, everybody shits on, you know, the prequel movies, but they did a very good job, uh, all things considered, tying the past and present together. I will say that they've also greatly improved our technological grasp. Thank you for listening. It's just you and me now. Come closer. Relax your shoulders. Take a deep breath. I'm going to tell you a quick story about our website before the outro spiel. So anyway, we had a website, melomancy.net. It was on a plume instance, Plume's Cool, but it had some weird problems and a friend of mine was giving me Amazon web service credits to host it for free that she won at like a hackathon or some bullshit. And those expire at the beginning of September. So I had, we had to pull the plug on our plume instance and I'm going to pay for a write as space instead. So write as is basically the paid instance for the write freely software project where it's like, it's just blogging. It looks like Medium, but it's not Medium because fuck Medium. I backed up the database for the old website, but I'm probably not going to recreate any of those posts. I will probably create posts for all of the season two episodes that we did, very similar to what we wrote for the original posts, but otherwise probably not going to backfill anything. I had a couple really popular posts. like One was about uh, different instances in the Fediverse and who to follow. I might recreate that post updated with new people in it, because that was cool. Uh, so look out for that if you are here and care about that. If not, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's fine too. Anyway, like I was saying, thank you for listening. So as a reminder, our friend Rick was our guest. He is a moderator on our Discord server, which is discord.me slash melonmancy, one of our founding members, along with me and Victim. We had other founding members that still frequent the Discord server, but they're not around as much. Feel free to join and 
make some friends. We um, deeply apologize for the audio quality of his microphone at the beginning. I don't think I could fix that in post-editing. I will try. We did a bunch of testing before we hit the record button, and it just wasn't right. And then he just ran into the story, and he retold it. And the retelling was good. I didn't want to have to repeat it. And so we just rolled with it. And I was very happy that like later it got better. But you're just going to have to bear with me. I mean, you got all the way to this outro. So you must have. And thank you. Anyway, you can follow Victim on Twitter at twitter.com slash mm underscore victim. We also have like a brand account that I don't really log into. It's twitter.com slash melonmancy. And you can follow him, him being Victim, on Twitch at twitch.tv slash a victim of gaming spelled out like a sentence. And if you want to follow me, I am at shitposter.club slash Dylon. You know where to find us.